Wow, we just bless you and your wife. We honor you. We thank yeah. God for you. Yeah. And uh, all you tough guys in the room, if you ever wondered what a tough guy looks like, it looks just like that. Yeah. I remember my, my dad passed away a little while ago, and I remember one of the things he said to me. He said, uh, you know, some of these big guys, they come in and they take something from somebody else and they think that they're tough. But a tough guy is a guy that runs his business six or seven days a week, puts in 12 or 14 hours a day, or stands up when nobody else stands up. That's a, that's a strong man. That's a tough guy. And uh, I, I want to be on, on, on his side because he's scary. The devil is scared of that dude, so that's good. Wow, Father, you're so good. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. You are so kind. We thank you for the ministry that has happened in this room. What can we say, Father? But we ask for more. Will you please give us more? Make us useful to you. Make me somehow a little bit useful to you that you could extend your kingdom and do, do some kind of a miracle in somebody's heart, Lord. Father, we just submit this to you. And uh, Holy, Holy Spirit, I want to submit to you. Will you speak what you want to speak? In Jesus' name. So um, I preached a different message last night than what I'll probably preach tonight because I didn't stick to any notes whatsoever. So um, if we could, um, if we can get Ephesians 6, uh, starting from verse 10 in the Passion Translation, I'm going to read through the whole thing all at once at the same time because I didn't do that last night. I think we got through two verses and that was it. But I want to read this whole passage, and then I'm just going to talk a little bit, if that's all right. And we have a clock up there to keep Bill on time. I can talk for four hours, and I might be snoring by then. <clears throat> so go to verse 10, if you could, please. Thank you, Lord. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord, with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Don't you love that? Oh, that's what Tobiah's been doing. I've got to read that again because it's so good. <clears throat> I feel like I should have more hair on my chest when I read that. Oh, yeah. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. And we got a whole bunch of guys. We got Harley riders. I, I ride a big banger rattler. And, and uh, well, there's some of us that, that have bikes here. And, uh, and uh, it's just, you know, you know there's something about that. Oh, yeah. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat, and there's some that know how to do that sort of stuff. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under heavenly realms. I love how this reads out of the Passion Translation. It's so cool. Very descript. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. 
Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. I prophesy over that. All of you. Tobias, you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. And we thank you that you're a leader in Canada. A lot of people have been watching you. You're one of the first ones that everybody got to see. And uh, you really truly are our hero. Stand on your feet. Alert. Then you will always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. Yeah. Say full. full. So this weekend is a one, one of those power-packed weekends, and uh, I think that uh, tomorrow night is going to be phenomenally powerful yeah. for everybody that shows up. I'm going to say this just so that I don't forget later on. There's many of us operate as orphans. And we have a, a spirit of a pauper on us because we do. A pauper is a poor person, just in case you're wondering. Somebody who lives in poverty and has a poverty mindset. And somebody that walks and lives with a poverty mindset cannot relate to those who don't operate that way. They'll often look at somebody who is confident and say he's full of pride, and you're so wrong. <clears throat> the only reason you think that way is because you don't know how to think that way, you, any, any different. You, you've been under this, this thing for so long that you, you want to, to, to make, usually what we do, and I've done this many, many times, is, uh, when we're around people that are successful, they look different than us, they're confident. I want to pull them down to where I am rather than have them lift me up to where they are. And that's what God wants to do for all of us. And I hope you will accept that because that's the truth. So I'm a jeans and t-shirt kind of guy. You know, I had the boots and all that kind of stuff. I do have a big rattler motorcycle. I love riding that thing for a little while until I, my ears ring so bad and I got a headache. I got to get off. It's so loud. I like that stuff. I have an amplifier that is as tall as I am that's built for Coliseum. I was one of those rocker guys that played in, in the arenas and that kind of stuff. And the sound guys were always, can you turn it down? Outside, same thing. I just loved hard, fast, and way too loud. Because I always thought if, if it was good, why, why would you stop? Which meant also that I had a very addictive personality that God had to fix. Hmm. We prayed for a couple of young men. I'll say young because they're younger than I am. I look pretty good for 87, don't I? Yeah. Where's Jordan? Too tall Jordan, man. You know what? I just, after, just during the worship, 
um, after after we we prayed, I just want the Holy Spirit just wanted me to say that God is answering your prayer. He loved that prayer. And the couple that we prayed for, the same thing. You are about to see some really, really incredible miracles. Because the, the things that you brought to the Lord, the things that you desired, please him more than you can possibly imagine. So I just want to encourage you in that. Hufa. I really want to be used by the Lord tonight. And uh, so I want to be sensitive. So if it sounds like, feels like I'm going down a rabbit trail, I probably am. But that's the Holy Spirit, okay? So I think I've said enough about that. Where are we? Verse 17? Thanks, Hal. Yeah, embrace, I'm going to read it again. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. That means we are saved, healed, delivered, and made whole. Okay, the job's not done until all four parts are happening. We get saved and that's, that's easy. We just come and we believe that what Jesus did for us is, is, is what it is, and we accept it, and we are saved. Sanctification takes a while. But we're all in the same journey together. Amen. We're, well, we're a little further, some, but, but we're willing to pull along anybody that wants help. So protect, uh, so embrace the power of salvation as full deliverance, like a helmet, to protect your thoughts from lies. So the poverty thinking, all that sort of stuff, that's got to go. And uh, Art's going to teach on it, and it's going to be so good. I won't be there, but it'll be amazing. And take the, ma- the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. And now hear this. Pray the blessings of God upon all believers. Yeah. I looked that word up in the Greek and it means all Even the ones, and especially the ones that don't look like you and don't act like you, that don't take your stand. Our job, if we are confident, we are very confident here because Art's standing in front of us and we're going, hey, Art, you're doing a great job. We're back here just in case you need to know. We're not doing that. We're standing shoulder to shoulder. But one thing that we are not allowed to do is point our finger at somebody else. What's the matter with you? But what we are allowed to do is encourage, exhort. Come on, take my hand. We can do this together. Would you be willing to do that? Because if you don't, here's what happens. In your pride and in your immaturity, you'll find that God is going to start to oppose you. Because the Bible says that God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. Right? So when we take this stance, well, look at what we're doing. How come you're not doing it? That is called pride. And if you're having issues with your prayers not being answered, check your pride box. Because God is about to kick it apart. And it could be humiliating. So it's better to humble ourselves on our own rather than have somebody else do it. Do you love me still? I just want to say that because, you know, there are thousands, tens of thousands of people fasting and praying for our nation, for the U.S. We've been, we spent so much time praying for the U.S., Oh, fasting and praying. Isaiah 58, you, if you've never read that, that verse, read it. It's about true fasting. And I think in about verse 9, it says, 
You know, it talks about true fasting is this, that you t uh, literally, you bring the homeless into your, into, into your house, that you literally take off your clothes and you cover them. That's what true fasting is. And then in verse 9, it says, if you remove the pointing of the finger, it says that right in there. It says that after that, it talks about you being a watered garden. You will be one of those people that gets to build, rebuild the city. And we want to be that. Amen? Yeah. We don't want to allow the enemy to get in anywhere. We want to stand in agreement with Tobias and with yeah. everybody else. We want to stand shoulder to shoulder, and we want to be effective in what God is telling us to do. Are you with me on that? Yes. Come on. That's good. Pray passionately in the Spirit. As you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times, pray the blessings of God upon all of his believers. Then he says, pray, pray, pray for him. So pray for me also and pray for Art and anybody that releases the Word of God that, we would, uh, be, that God's revelation would be released every time. That's what we need. Amen? Yeah. Good. That's Norwegian. For amen, right there. My family, they're a pretty tough breed. They came on those big rowboats and they raped and pillaged. They were nasty. Called Vikings. We like the tough side, but not all that other stuff. So the the first uh, hmm. I just love that verse 10. My, my beloved ones, let's go. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. All the guys like that, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, 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 oh. We want that power to walk in, move in and through us. How many were here when uh, Art talked about slaying giants? That was good. There was, there was more last night. How come you guys weren't there? Do you have an excuse? I'm just kidding. It was a good message. But when we, when we think about slaying giants, who do we think of? David. There was probably nobody on the planet that knew intimately the Lord like David. Nobody understood worship like David. He spent a lot of time with his God. Um, you know, the, he wrote most of the Psalms. He didn't write all of them, but most of them. And he talks about his relationship with his father, with, with his God, and how, how God honored him. And God loved that guy so much that he, he said, I'm going to let my son, Jesus, sit on your throne. How would you like to operate in that kind of a relationship with the Lord? I love it when God calls Abraham his friend or Moses. I, I want God to say that to me someday. More than anything. <clears throat> but the only way we get to that kind of a relationship is by spending a lot of time with him. Learning what it's like in worship. To, uh, to allow him to penetrate every area of our life. And when you can ask questions like, how does God relate to children? What does he think about? What does he think about me? What does he, how does he relate to the elderly or the sick? 
How does he relate to the foolish or even the rebellious? What does he think about our nation? Like these are questions that you want to ask somebody when you're getting to know them. My wife and I have been married just over three years and we're still learning about each other. And we'll learn more about each other for the rest of our lives. And, uh, and when, unless we go into those places where we think about the things that God thinks about, what does he think about? What, is, what are the prayers that Jesus is praying for Canada or for you personally right now? Because the Bible says he's, he's before the Father ever making intercession for us. So obviously there's some kind of prayer, something that he's doing that is for our benefit. What are those? What is it that God wants? What does he want us to bring into his throne room? So when we can answer those questions, we know some of those things. We'll never figure out God completely because his ways are beyond our ways. He's beyond finding out the Bible says. But when, when we start asking those questions, like David, you know, like some of the Psalms, it doesn't matter where I go, God, you're already there. You know my words before I even form them in my mouth. That talks about a relationship that is very deep. But out of that relationship came an anointing that, uh, that caused him to slay giants. You cannot have one without the other. And I'll tell you what, there's a bunch of warriors in this room. Art's been talking about it a lot. And we, I just love watching all you people come. We don't know you yet, but we just love what we're seeing. This is good, because right now you're all criminals. <laughs> Art and I were laughing, yeah, 30 years ago. Well, it was 40 some odd years ago. <clears throat> the, the police knew me real well. And, and well, we're back at it again. <laughs> I have a police, a retired police officer friend. He says, Bill, they should have been mailing you paychecks every month. I said, why is that? He says, because of all the police officers you trained. <laughs> I probably taught them how to drive better. I only outran them once. That was, that was pretty good that time, but they caught me the next day. us to focus, Lord. <clears throat> All these people, I, I'm focused, you're not. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. So that is what needs to happen when we put on all the armor of God that is laid out in the rest of the chapter. We're not going to get into all of that, but I want to focus on this a little bit. And I want to tell a little bit of my story. When, when I became a Christian, uh, well, before I got saved, I was actually really um, getting deeper and deeper into uh, uh, satanic worship and that kind of stuff. I actually had learned how I can control crowds of people. And I used my guitar to do it. And uh, I remember one time we were playing at a place and we, we were taking a break and I was telling the band that I could do that. And they said, no, you can't. I said, yeah, I can. And I'll prove it right now. And uh, I can drum too. So I went out to the drum set and I just started playing. And they all came out and they started dancing. I was the only person. Then I quit and then walked off and they're all going like, what, what are we doing? 
So there's a lot of power in that stuff. But I want to say this, that um, demons can't do a whole heck of a lot without human agreement. When we start getting in agreement with what they want to do, I mean, they can throw things out as lie to us and that kind of stuff and, you know, and, and tempt us or whatever. But when we come in agreement, that's where they have power. And God is the same. God loves us so much that he gave us this thing called a free will. So many people, they ask the question, well, if God is so loving, why this? Well, because he loves you. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it does, because he gave you a free will. As a matter of fact, all these people have a free will. And when he's invited to come into the midst of it, then he can start doing stuff. Yeah. He, with, he holds himself back. Do you think that he wants to, I, I, no, I know, he wants to spill out of heaven. He wants to fix a whole lot of things. But he's wanting agreement from us. Yeah. And our nation is in the trouble it is in because we haven't come into agreement corporately, fully, with what he wants. You know, people say, well, how did, we prayed a lot, and we prayed, we prayed, we prayed, and, and then we got this government. Well, the government is there because he represents how most people in our nation are thinking. So that means we got a big job to do. And we need revival for that to happen, amen? So what we need to do is we need to walk according to the word of God. We need to be filled with the power of God. We need to be able to release you in the calling of God. And then, and then things start to change in our community. And uh, I, I heard this, this uh, analogy. A tree burns from the bottom up. So it's usually the poor, the ones that are frustrated, depressed, and all those, all those kinds of things that God moves on first because they're the most, most desperate. And then all those people go to work. They start influencing all the people that they work with. They start coming to Christ. And then we start learning stuff. When I became a Christian, I actually learned as an operator in a sawmill how I could, I could lead the general manager of the company. You think, how does that happen? Through influence and, and, and learning how to come up with wise um, solutions for things that they were doing. And, uh, and, and it, it worked really well. I learned that I could lead up as well as down. I didn't have their position and I couldn't do what they do. I mean, they went to school for what they did. But because I was in the groundwork and I worked with the machinery, I saw what happened every day thousands, tens, hundreds of thousands of times that I could say, this is what you need to do. This is what is happening, and this is what you, I think that you should do. And, and then their bright minds would adjust it. And, and just myself, I'm going to boast for a bit in the Lord. Um, literally, the, the changes that they made have, have caused them to profit many millions of dollars. So all of us have the opportunity to do that. Not through pride or arrogance or anything like that, but getting humble, getting into our relationship with the Lord and allow him to, to move us into places where we actually get favor and influence with these individuals. So to get there, there was a bit of a journey. I saw what, in, I loved our church. It's, it's, it was just like this one. When I, back in 1978, I saw them come to the front and get prayed for, and I saw them fall into the power of God and cry, and I, and I saw them speaking with another language, and I saw legs grow and blind eyes open and deaf ears open. 
it was amazing to watch somebody like their legs are growing like well that's really cool I'd like to do that I used to drink uh, a lot <clears throat> I was a weekend warrior during the week I didn't drink because I needed to work but you know Friday and till Monday morning morning and I, I remember coming to church like after well, you know, I started coming in the springtime. You know, the sun would be up, so that's a good time to have a tequila sunrise or five and then go to church. And you know, many of you heard, heard that, that story. I, that one day I came in, it was late, and I had several, and the only place to sit was on the front row, and the place was packed. And, uh, and they, I must have reeked of alcohol. I could smell it a mile away on anybody. But I sat there, and then somebody behind me didn't obviously like <clears throat> the aroma that was exuding from me and stood up and started prophesying about how God, how, how upset God was. And I thought, I didn't know anything, but I, I, I knew that God was standing right behind me, and he was mad. I'm going to hell. This is really bad. They prayed for me, and, they, and I got saved eventually. But I started getting really, really hungry for the Lord. I wanted to I would read my Bible. I would read what they did. And I thought, God, I want that. I want, I want to do what those guys are doing. And, uh, and so we, our, our denomination was big on getting people filled with the Holy Spirit, like they did in the book of Acts. And I thought, God, I need that in my life because I was a wreck. And, and so I... I the Holy Spirit just pulled me into this journey where, where I was so hungry and so desperate for him, I couldn't stop reading my Bible. As a matter of fact, I wore the covers right off my Bible because I carried it everywhere. Everywhere where, you, where my hand was, it was almost wore right through <laughs> the, the covers because I had it in my hand. And then old books of it would fall out because I, I, I mean, I was always into it. I'd go to a restaurant. Boom, it was on the table, and I made sure that half of the restaurant heard me pray for my meal. And, and humility wasn't really a part of things yet. We were still working on that. Nobody was safe in our town. But I, I loved what God was doing in my heart, and I just wanted more. And I wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit so bad. So I, I would come home from work, and, and, and I, would, I would get on my knees in my living room. I'd pray, God, I just want to be filled. Every time there was a prayer meeting, an altar call, I was the first guy there. Oh, I just, I just want to be filled, Lord. I just want to have that power that they talk about in the book of Acts. I wanted to do what I saw these guys do. And, and I just, oh, I just wanted it so bad. I wanted more of God. I just wanted to be so close. And it went on for months and months and months and, and even one guy, old guy he came I love those old missionaries they would come and tell stories that would just amaze me it was, you would see the power of God uh, take place in, in un, um, I, I, impossible situations God would come through and I remember this guy he says we need to get a hold of the Lord we need to get into our closet of prayer and just pray until God comes so I thought okay well the living room's not working so I went into my bedroom cleaned out the closet and sat in there for a few days and going it just smells bad in here. I just, this is not working. So back out to the living room for another few months. And, oh, man, God, I just want to be filled. And so one day I was at the mill, and I'm praying, and I'm, well, I'm singing. I, I just sang all the choruses, and I'm just getting happier and happier as I'm just working away. And then all of a sudden, it just felt like something started bubbling up inside, and I didn't know what it was. 
And, uh, but I liked it, but I was kind of scared. And then all of a sudden, it just, woof. And I'm, I'm just, I got my hands raised, and I'm just jabbering in this other language. And I'm like, oh, God, you're so good. Oh, God. You know, just carrying on. And then after a little while, I realized somebody's looking at me. Of course they were. I was right in the middle of the entire building. The whole crew could see me. And then the, the, uh, the foreman, the lead hand, the millwright, and electrician are standing about six to eight feet away from me. <laughs> yeah, back to work. <laughs> what was that? Like, oh, God. Well, the whole mill shut down while God was baptizing me. And my father was the maintenance superintendent over the whole place. And he comes later on that day. You know, son, it cost about $30,000 a minute for this place to be shut down. Son. He didn't like the fact that I was a Christian yet. He eventually got saved. Yeah. He got saved because most of my siblings got saved. And they were worse than I was. <clears throat> They really were. Okay. Yeah, we got stories to tell. <clears throat> so that kind of, I didn't know what that was. I thought, well, maybe that's it, but I'm not sure. And, and, but I kept pressing in. And a f I don't know, a few weeks later, a friend, the guy that led me to the Lord came. And I said, can you pray for me? Because I just want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they're going like, you're not filled? No, I don't think so. So he just put his hand on my head, and the same thing happened again. It just bobbled up. And then that time, I didn't stop. I, just, I was afraid to stop because I thought, if I stop, it's not going to start. So I went and told all the young people, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. They're going, that's nice. We're watching a movie. And then I went home, had a bath. I was speaking in tongues. I went to bed speaking in tongues. I woke up in the morning. I'm still praying in the spirit. And then I'm going to work. And I'm thinking, well, I can't do this all day. I have to work. You know, like, oh. And I'm just, you know, just carrying on. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to make it stop. Maybe, maybe it can start again. But I didn't know. All these things. Don't you just love the journey? Like, we don't know anything. But God is so good. So I stopped. Okay, well, let's start again. God, I love you. Oh, yeah, it's still working. And I was so happy. But I noticed uh, something right away that radically happened. Now, this is talking about your life union with the Lord. So I was spending a lot of time with him, getting to know him, getting into my Bible, praying a lot. You know, and, and he's, he's revealing who he is. I'm, I'm reading the Bible, and there's, it's just coming alive. But when he gave me his explosive power flowing in and through me, the thing that he dealt with was my language. I had a violent hot temper. And I always worked in threes. The first two times were okay. The third time, well, you better start running because I am going to do something bad to you. <clears throat> and I would curse and the air would turn purple for my language like I could embarrass the worst of the worst it was bad and I'm a Christian and I just feel so disgusted I just thought God why why does that happen all the time and it was like a volcano that kept coming up but after he filled me with the Holy Spirit that never happened again never happened again 
And then he took me on a journey where he dealt with the rage. It wasn't anger that I had. I had rage. The difference between anger and rage is rage is anger with the intent to kill. It's a little higher level than just being angry. And I had that because I was molested when I was a little guy. And when you do that to a kid, it really screws things up for a long time. But only the, the God of mercy, the God who heals, can get into those places and deal with that. And he did. That explosive power was released in my life and, and broke all, the, all of that stuff. I had so much rage that when I was about 19, I actually went back to where I, you know, this, where I used to live. And there was a, school, a, a teacher there that just absolutely hated me and did everything he possibly could to embarrass me in front of the school. He did it many times. He would take any opportunity he could to humiliate me. And it was because I asked him a question that challenged his thinking. And I wasn't being rebellious. I just wanted to know. They were teaching about evolution and it just didn't make sense I, yeah i didn't i didn't know anything about creation i just thought well this doesn't make sense and so i asked a question that all the rest of the class yeah we want to know that too because it well he was he didn't have an answer or maybe he did know the answer but he didn't want to share it with us it made him so mad that he took it out on me for years and my rage and unforgiveness was at such a high level i went back there and uh, I, I was visiting with my grandparents. My mother was with me. And I said, I'm going to just go out for a drive. And my intent was to go and find that guy because I knew that he would go for a walk at this certain time and I knew where he would walk. And, and Jesus saved his life that night because I couldn't find him. And I think that there's some people in here that are carrying that, some of that kind of stuff. And the hand of God is reaching out and he can and he will heal that. Some of these young guys that have come up here and asked, I, I won't say what they asked for, but I tell you what, God is loving what he's hearing. Because you're honest and you're real. And as we do that, as we move into these places, as we allow the, our, the power of God through our life union with him, in our relationship, when we go deep with him, he, it, it, it gives him this power to reach inside of our soul and start healing these different things and sets us free so that we, in turn, we put on the full armor of God and we go out and we start slaying giants. We can't kill giants. We might win some battles because the grace of God is on us, but we're not going to go to the full measure unless we allow God to do this kind of work in all of us. I believe that tomorrow night is so is going to be so powerful for so many because God is going to break the orphan spirit off you. And like Art has declared, and I agree, there isn't going to be an orphan walking back out of this room. Yeah. Amen. I'm almost done. Put on God's complete set of armor that's provided so that we'll be protected as we go out and fight. I think I need to stop there. I want to say this. Just in our stand, 
that we're not being rebellious. Tobias and his church is not being rebellious. They're being, number one, being obedient to the word of God and what it says there. But we are, as a corporate body across Canada, the tens of thousands that are fasting and praying for our nation, standing with all of the churches like theirs that are staying open and the ones that are struggling, what we're doing is we're resisting the principalities over our country that are manifesting through government officials. We're not fighting against them. We're fighting against these demonic forces that are manifesting through their lives. That's what I was talking about earlier. The, the devil doesn't have much power unless we come into agreement with him. So he's found people to come into agreement, and it's, it's like a freight train that has gone away, or got, gotten out of control. So understand that when we're fighting this fight, we're not nailing the people. We're, we're actually, they're, they're, they're in agreement with these people, and we're praying that God changes their mind or takes them out. They have, to, they have a decision to make. And, and a while ago, you heard me say this before, Justin Trudeau, God says, Bill, I want you to intercede for him. I say, and I don't want to. I am tired. It's in the middle of the night. He says, Bill, I want you to pray for him. And I want you to really pray for him going like, I don't even like the guy. I mean, I'm arguing with God and that is so stupid. But what he did is he showed me in him in hell. And I'll tell you what, that changed my mind in a big hurry. And I know that that guy is in so much trouble. He's not running the country, just in case you didn't know. He's a little puppet. And he has a root of bitterness that needs to come out. But he is willfully making a choice. And I'll tell you what, his time is coming short. I know that he's in so much trouble, and there's many others. Hank Kuhneman said that he prophesied, you know what? God is doing a holy thing. And if they're going to start resisting him, there's going to be people that will die. I've seen it before. When God was moving, the, these people started resisting the move of God. They started, they were, it was government again. And this one official that was opposing the churches, and within one year, the day after, they, were, they actually brought the, their, their, what they wanted to do to a, a vote. They voted against that person, and that person died the next day. I don't think that was a coincidence, but I'll tell you what. It's happened before, and as God is setting things up, he said, I'm shaking heaven and earth hard. He didn't, I'll add the word hard, because it'll keep getting more and more and more intense until more and more people finally go, okay, God, you actually are more important than all this stuff. He said, I will shake heaven and earth so that only the things that are built on me remain. What does that look like? Only the things that are built on me will remain. He's establishing his church in a way that needs to be reestablished. The old wineskin is going to be thrown away. How church is going to be done is going radically, radically changing the mindset of the believers is changing. He's building his ecclesia. That's what that word means, his governing body, his legislative assembly. And as long as we operate in a poverty mindset and in immaturity, it's going to be very difficult for us to operate at that level.
So the call of God is to come up higher. Do not stay where you are, but submit yourself to the processes of the Lord. Does that make sense? Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, I want to encourage my friends tonight. And uh, we had an altar time already, but we're going to have another one. Art's going to sing that song. But I don't even know what to call for, but I tell you, I, I do believe that the Holy Spirit's been moving on hearts. And whatever that is, let's deal with it tonight. Let's prepare your heart even for tomorrow. All you guys, all different ones that will be coming and listening to Art. And Art is worth listening to. He's walked down a few roads. We all have. Our whole leadership team walks with a limp. We've been through battles. We've been through addictions. We've, we've, we've dealt with the law and abuses and all kinds of stuff. When you look at a person that's walked with the Lord, you, it's easy to think, oh, they're just that way. You have no idea of the story until you get to know them. And there's wisdom that can be imparted into your life if you're willing to receive it. We're not going to force that stuff. But will you respond to the Lord as they, they sing? I'm going to turn it over to Hal to direct us tonight.